Teacher stress does not necessarily equal not enjoying your job. Taking care of yourselves so that you can take care of others. Teacher resilience and well-being. Today's topic on Owl Pellets. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Hey, Owl Pellets, we are coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky. Nope. <laughs> Louisville. 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 So good. You sound like a native. Louisville. Louisville. Folks, we're coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, just trying to spare Brian the national embarrassment of saying Louisville. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Appreciate that. I got your back. We are here at the Southern Region of the American Association of Agricultural Educators Conference, also part of the Southern Association of Ag Scientists Conference. Ass. (laughs) If that doesn't sound like a party, I don't know what is. Bring in a bunch of research nerds from across a lot of disciplines. It's great. It is great. It it's is. nice to hear it. So we get to talk this week to ag econ people and entomologists, and they dress a little different, the ento folk. Yeah, Have you noticed that? It's the wings. It's Hawaiian shirt. And the six legs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. We, amazingly, we have a guest here with us, and she has not left the room. Bella, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and get us back on track and tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Well, thanks guys for having me. As Brian and Kate said, I'm Bella. Excuse me. I currently live in Denver, Colorado. I'm a middle school science teacher. I teach at Conservatory Green Middle School, which is part of the DSST, Denver School of Science and Technology Network. I'm a UF alum with a master's in agricultural education and a bachelor's in horticulture. I really just love 11 and 12 year olds and their spunkiness. They're a little bit more goofy than these two that I'm with right now. So I can put up with them. We make it just over 11 and 12 year olds. Just barely. That's the standard. That may be the most accurate description of us we've ever gotten. Just more mature than 11 and 12 year olds. Um, Bella, you did not mention your last name. If people would like to creep you and check out the great work that you're doing at your school, how can they find you? My last name is Damiani. You can always email me. My email is isabella.damiani at scienceandtech.org. You can always call me. You can get my number from these guys. I'm always open to talking about agriculture, horticulture, and I'm really into mindfulness, resilience, and well-being. I actually run a mindfulness club after school with about 10 sixth graders. We talk about ways to control our anger, ways for stress management, and just self-advocacy within our sixth graders, starting it young when we can. That's fantastic. I think that, man, if you could start one of that for, like, us after these podcasts, <laughs> I could use some, like, stress, you know, stress management, anger management after, after doing these. Um, but in case people can't spell your last name, like, I don't know, that seems like it might be a little difficult. We'll put all your information on the, um, 
the podcast details. That's right. So you mentioned some of the stuff you're doing, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So you presented a a fantastic uh, research presentation today. Tell us a little bit about a quick summary of of what you presented and what we're going to be talking about, and we'll ask you some questions after that. Awesome. I'll sum it up as quick as I can. It was my thesis events. I focused on first-year agri-science teacher personal resilience and well-being. So I was able to interview four teachers one-on-one, and I learned about themes in their own schooling, themes in their teaching, and life experience that contribute to their resilience and well-being, as well as I tested well-being and resilience of teachers at the beginning of the school year and then at the end of the first semester. So I was able to kind of gauge that Teachers are pretty stressed out, and overall, agri-science teacher first years have pretty moderately low resilience, so there are some struggles, but their well-being is moderately high, which is a really phenomenal thing, I think, and it's a really beneficial thing to see that they enjoy their jobs. However, they are pretty stressed out, and I think it's important for teachers to take care of themselves, and that's really what the outcome of this study was what I wanted to show. So I have a question, though. When we're talking about these two, resilience and well-being, what is resilience and how is it different from well-being? Great question, Kate. This is why I'm hired to do these things for free. (laughs) Yeah, like, wait a minute, hired. (laughs) So resilience is really like the capacity to handle challenges, to handle change, and basically just go through adversity. Whereas well-being is just your general... It's built off so many different indicators. It's just your general overall sense of self, how you're doing, how happy you are, how positive you are, how healthy you are. Well-being comes from so many different aspects of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and resilience is really your ability to maintain and gain even higher well-being throughout any challenges. Interesting. Okay, I'm picturing, you know, that, um, that image of the dog drinking a cup of coffee with a bunch of fire around them. And it doesn't seem like the dog is going to get out of that situation, but he says, this is fine. Seems like that would be low resilience, high well-being. Um, Probably like low well-being since he's on fire, as well as (laughs) low resilience. He's probably just a little bit, he might have some imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) In denial. (laughs) Got it. So in your conversation today, you talked about these first-year teachers and some of the challenges, and you one thing I found was very interesting is the influence, some of the background, and their their a willingness to have conversation with you about their background and what you saw. That's something we need to be thinking about as we begin our, our teaching career. And background all the way back to childhood. Right. Like it wasn't just like here was my pre-service teacher training, but can you talk to us a little about that and about their childhood and how that kind of you saw that shape up to their ability to be resilient? Definitely. I believe strongly, even from like my personal experiences, that resilience is built through going through difficult times, going through adversity. For example, one of my participants had to become the sole caretaker of her household at age 16. Her younger sister got pregnant. Her mom passed away and her dad wasn't in the household. And she was one of the highest resilience scores among all of my participants because she had gone through something that helped her become strong. And I personally view myself as pretty resilient because I lost my father and that taught me that life can be really hard and I've been through a lot more difficult things, but I keep trying just to help other people. And I think that's what my participant was doing as well. Whereas other participants who had pretty much everything given to them, not not saying that's a terrible thing or a bad thing, but didn't really have to fight for anything, didn't have to worry about paying bills, just kind of had a comfortable life, which is a blessing in itself 
didn't really have that high of resilience because they've never really had to have a high resilience. They've just been able to kind of cruise by and just enjoy the things that they have, which is awesome in itself, but when they face challenges, it might be more difficult for them later in life than people who are learning to build that resilience at a younger age. But people can build, it's not a thing that you're like born with, you build resilience through challenge. It's definitely not innate, it's definitely not fixed. Resilience is kind of like a muscle. There's like seven different muscles that contribute to resilience. I define them as awesome Dr. Hoops, the book Prosilience, if you want to read it, it's a pretty good book. There's positivity, confidence, priorities, structure, experimenting, and creativity. And each of those muscles can be strengthened or weakened. And it's like, you might be strong in five of those and weak in the other two. That doesn't mean you have low resilience. That just means you need to work on different parts of your body. Just like when you go to the gym, you have to focus on your whole body at different points. You can't just do- Skip leg day. Yeah, you can't skip leg day. Just like you can't skip creativity muscle. This gym you speak of. It's a what thing. is it, what is this? This is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Me to sports ball is Brian to the gym. <laughs> I think I could identify one when I saw it. So, the you with your the folks you talked about in your study, you had folks that again had had some challenges they went through and some that didn't. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to have folks and ag teachers that are listening to this podcast in both of those categories. Some of us that have, that have gone through some, some challenges to go there and some of us who have not to do that. When, what advice would you have for somebody who identifies in one of those areas based off of your research on what they need to be doing to kind of build resilience or how they need help in managing all the things that come at them as ag teachers? I think first and foremost, they need to do some self-reflection, maybe even reach out to someone and complete a resilience questionnaire and figure out what they are strong in and what they are weak in because you might think you're extremely creative, but you might not be creative in the lens of resilience, which isn't necessarily bad or good, but I think just having that reflection, knowing where you start, because then you can plan where you need to go. Because you might, for example, connection's all about reaching out to people you don't speak to regularly, asking for help. You might have a good support group and you might think your connection is strong, but if you're not continually reaching out to new people, learning new things and trying new things, then your connection muscle isn't necessarily all that strong. So if I'm thinking about when, you know, building up resilience, when as an as a teacher did you see or when do you think ag teachers use this? When would being resilient really be beneficial as an ag teacher? I feel like definitely in the months of October and February when school doesn't really have many breaks, when you're faced with a lot of difficulties, when you're in that pitfall of just total insanity where you have so many responsibilities, you're preparing for competitions. I think just having the ability to be aware of that in those most stressful times will be beneficial, but I think being proactive and knowing it from the get-go of how to recognize when your resilience is starting to weaken, when your well-being is slacking, and knowing those indicators will also be beneficial. It's kind of nice to think of it that way, you know, when you're in that situation and you're thinking like, golly, I'm a failure, right? It's so different to put on like, I need to work on my resilience. Mm -hmm. It sort of shifts it from being, you know, something inactionable to an actionable piece that you can then hopefully build up from. Yeah. Well, in one of the other studies we saw this morning talked about both new teachers and experienced teachers both said managing stress was a, was a major factor for them. But the idea that probably that stress is very different and stress is not completely dealing with resilience, but 
part of that idea for all of us out there is whether or not we come from a background where you had to deal with a lot of, had a lot of challenges and you, and you built those resiliency muscles, odds are sometime in your life, you're going to run into some struggles. And so if you're from a case where maybe you haven't had a lot of struggle before, be aware of this to help prepare you when you do go through those challenges, whether that be professionally, personally, or all of the above to, to get through those things. And part of that idea to remember that as ag teachers, we're, we're people. Your people too, and how do you, you have to be able to kind of manage all those things to take care of yourself and really understand how that you can manage all those different pulls on your time and on yourself um, if you really want to provide the best for your students. So you have to take care of yourself and be, really be aware of those sort of things. I agree completely. I feel like teachers across all disciplines, especially agriculture, sacrifice a lot of themselves for their students to care for their livestock. I mean, they go to school over the summer. They don't really have a summer vacation because they need to take care of grounds, land labs. And I feel like teachers, as I said, in all disciplines, just give everything of themselves and often put them put themselves as the bottom of their totem pole, which I think is a mistake. I think teachers need to recognize, as you just said, that they are people. They need to ensure they are taking care of themselves at all degrees in their personal life, making sure their relationships are healthy, making sure they are taking care of themselves physically, mentally, emotionally. I think it's just to be an effective teacher, to be an amazing teacher, you need to be taking care of yourself and giving yourself that self-appreciation that you deserve. I, for one, am thrilled to see the pendulum start to kind of swing from that glorifying busy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and like whoever is the most miserable, it wins because they're working the hardest. Like to see it shift from that toward this aspect of resilience and well-being and really having that be the focus. So really neat stuff. So your particular research looked at first-year teachers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of folks listen to the podcast here. They're maybe, they may be state leaders or even just veteran teachers. In your particular group with these first-year teachers, what are some things that state leaders could or should be doing now or even veteran teachers should be doing to help for these first-year teachers that you looked at kind of deal with this idea of resiliency and well-being to help through that first year? I think just being completely transparent about the responsibilities that these teachers will have and just having continuous open conversations about the expectations that they will have, as well as providing them support. For example, providing professional developments on resilience, providing paid paid personal days to attend these professional developments so these teachers don't have to worry about paying for their time to do this. Just giving them the opportunities and the supports to reach this success is what I think is necessary because I feel like teachers now feel like it's all on them. They have to run their school. They have to take care of themselves. They have to do everything on their own as well as be responsible for sometimes over like 500 ag students, which is insane. They need someone in their corner who has this resilience lens in their eyes. One of the one of the things that really struck me in in watching your presentation was one of the quotes from your participants when they talked about how isolated they felt. And again, this is a ag teacher who again is surrounded by people all day long. I mean, there are bodies around them all the time, and yet they feel isolated. And I think I think that is something that as veteran teachers we have to re- we remember. And, and to be honest with each other and the folks that have gone through these things, how do you engage in those conversations when there's the new teachers are going through this saying, this is normal, this is okay, and we will get through this. Mm-hmm. Not, not this fact that 
you're the only one that's ever felt this and you must be a failure if you're feeling this. That's not the case at all, but people don't talk about mm-hmm. when, when they were having those struggles and how they got through it. And that idea of just because someone's around people all the time doesn't mean that they feel connected. And how can we make those folks address that, that isolation and share that which is just one part of resilience and, and getting through this, I understand. But that, that just really jumped out at me. You know, there's another piece about that, though. Um, and we focus so much on, I feel like we do this a lot, where we're like, veteran teachers, you have it all figured out. Right. Share your wisdom with the younger teachers who do not. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. So I think that there's probably a, an opportunity for more veteran teachers to work on their resilience. But I think one of the pieces that, that we can do, and I think this does both of it, is um, we can show those less experienced teachers how to be resilient by making sure that we're doing that too as veteran teachers. So I know that I've got um, a mentor at the university where, um, you know, I'm, I'm asking like, well, what are we, you know, what's going on for this day? And he's like, y'all do what you want. My kid's got a, bas- a baseball game or, you know, we've got this big thing. And so um, seeing him protect his family time and saying, this is something that I need to do for my well-being, and I do not, he, he doesn't say he's sorry, he doesn't apologize or, or feel at all bashful for saying that he's putting some value in his family time. And so um, I think modeling as, as a veteran teacher, number one, making sure that you are doing that and modeling it very clearly for those younger teachers, I think can help everybody. Well, I think part of it too is as veteran teachers don't have it all figured out, but your areas of stress, the stressors that are, going to, that are going to impact your resiliency change over time. You know, as you become more veteran in the, in the classroom and do this, again, I go back, some of the things we're living is, you know, you're dealing with aging parents at the same time you're trying to raise your own kids, which adds a whole new level of how do you, we, we have always joked, there's all kinds of books out there on how to raise your kids. There's no books out there on how to raise your parents. <laughs> Um, and, and just the, the stressors change over, over your life cycle. And as veteran teachers, just because you think you've kind of figured this part out doesn't mean that things don't change and your life circumstances might, might change and again, cause some more stressors. So again, that's a great point. Just because you got a few years on your belt, don't think you can't admit that, hey, I've got to focus on, on growing these resiliency muscles to do that. Exactly. And I've met so many teachers within agriculture and within other disciplines who are just so incredibly burnt out and just generally unhappy. And that translates into their classrooms, onto their students. I had a personal experience where a teacher was just yelling at her students because she was so unhappy and she just didn't really know how to handle it. And I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls of not having resilience, not maintaining your well-being, is it it affects your students, it affects your family, as you just said. So I'm just bringing it back. You have to know how to take care of yourself, like Kate just shared with her colleague. At my school that I'm currently at, we have a strict policy of no emails on the weekend. If I email my principal on the weekend, she will not reply to it at all. I have to send it again on a Monday morning. That is awesome. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So. To kind of to, to wrap up our conversation here today, and we're going to have on the resource roundup, we'll have a listing out of all those resiliency muscles you talked about and have some resources for folks to do there. But can you give our folks, what's a couple of things that we can do after we listen to this podcast to try to help us be more aware and maybe strengthen one or two of those resiliency muscles that we need to be, we need to be thinking about? 
Well, I think first reading through what those resilience muscles are and kind of reflecting on what your most lacking ones are. I'll talk about the two that I think are the most important, which I think are positivity and confidence. And positivity is all about seeing things as opportunities, as potential. For example, if I were to give my students a test and over 50% failed, instead of thinking, oh, I didn't teach that material effective enough, I can think, oh, what's a great way I can reteach this where it's more engaging, more interactive, and more meaningful to my students? as well as confidence, building off the same example. Instead of thinking to myself, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not cut out to be a teacher, I should never teach this material, I can think, I tried my best, it wasn't good enough, I'm gonna try even better this next time. Just trying to see yourself and be recognizing that maybe I'm not the best at teaching poultry science, because I don't know anything about poultry science, but throw me into a horticulture team and I can kick butt at that. Just knowing what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and trying to view it through a lens of positivity are the two strongest muscles and the most impactful. I saw that through my research as well as through my personal experience. Great. Awesome. I can't wait for the infographic where we can have them laid out. So you all who are listening, the infographic came out yesterday. Um, and so you can check out on there each of those pieces of resilience. Great. Bella, thank you so much for yes, one, you. doing this research and two, for sharing it with our, with our profession and sharing it with here on Outpellet. So thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. Thanks for being here. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Outpellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Al Pellets saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Al Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers. <laughs>